Good morning, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'll be your host, as usual. I'll try to give you a heads up if uh, there's going to be a different host for this podcast sometime, just so you can go ahead and skip ahead to the next episode when your boy's back in town. Probably not going to happen anytime soon, though, because this is my podcast, (laughs) okay? I'm not about to give it up. It's mine. It's where I get to say whatever I want. It's a luxury. It's a a treat. It's a special treat, really, having one's own podcast, a platform to babble on about whatever I want. It's pretty amazing. So thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in, wherever you're coming in here from. Welcome. The ducks outside, we have some ducks, four of them. They have figured out how to go up and down the ramp that leads to their little tiny A-frame house that we built for them. And it's a special kind of joy (laughs) to see them go to bed at night. A certain light changes in the sky, time of day is reached, and the little duckies... The, the first the first couple days that we we put them out and and had their house available for sleeping we had to wrangle them catch them and throw them into the house and shut the door um and the idea was that we didn't we didn't want to we didn't want to like associate the house with a terrifying experience so we were trying really hard to like herd them in there and like gently get them in. But at some point we just had to grab them. It's for their own good. It's for their own safety. Grab them and chuck them in there. Shut the door. Because they are delicious little nuggets of bird meat for predators. Such as raccoons, raccoons, porcupines, raccoons, porcupines, and foxes. Of which, and skunks. We have we have skunks. We have a skunks. Anyhow, we we got them in there the first couple of nights, and then it was two nights ago that they went in there on their own, <laughs> and they do their little their their little walk. It's like their feet are on opposite ends of a wheel. You know what I mean? That kind of spins. And so that kind of makes them waddle back and forth. They're so cute. Their little tails twitch, and they waddled up the ramp into their house all by themselves because it was bedtime, and they wanted to snuggle down in their nice, cozy little house. So that was that was the rose of the past couple of days for me and my wife, I think. <laughs> Knowing that our little duckies are putting themselves to bed. We also have a new crop of baby bunnies. There's 10 of them, which is quite a troop. It's quite a contingent. And the the worst part about mowing the lawn now is terrifying baby bunnies and baby ducks. Watching them flatten their little ears back, their eyes widen, and like run for cover. 
<sighs> but you must. One must mow the lawn because otherwise wouldn't be long until you'd have sort of a, a little miniature forest on your hands. We waited a really long time and between mowing. We didn't get any complaints from the neighbors, but eh, we're probably thinking about it. Probably wondering when we were going to get out there. I uh, finally did, and then I had to go back and rake because there was so much green clippings left over. Do you care about this? Is this registering somewhere on your scale? Of, oh, I wonder what he did with the clippings. Got a great podcast for you today, folks. It's really a treat. I can't believe I've waited this long to get the intro up. It's not like I've waited this long. It's not like I've sat there just staring at my computer, coming up with other things to do. I've been busy, folks. I've been, I've been a busy boy. But here we are, and now is the time that, that I get to share with you this episode with our old friend Ida Ketonen, who is from Sweden, and she joins the podcast via Skype from Malmo, Sweden, and we talk about the coronavirus. You may have heard about Sweden in the news. You may have heard that Sweden did not close their schools. <gasps> they didn't close their schools? <laughs> Those crazy Swedes, you just, you're not going to believe what those crazy Swedes did. They didn't close their schools. They didn't close their bars and restaurants. Can you imagine? I mean, just imagine for a second if in the United States we had not closed our schools for, for however long. I mean, can you imagine all of the ridiculous pain in the ass things that we wouldn't have had to deal with in the past three or four months all the all the kids having to be on their laptops all day long freaking seven-year-olds trying to learn and teachers special ed teachers trying to have zoom meetings with their special ed students and parents who still have to work and then somehow have to be home and take care of their special ed children and teach them things. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? How easy that would have been. Anyhow, uh, you may, if you've heard about Sweden, you may have read one of the articles in the New York Times or the Guardian, Guardian, like Pep Guardiola. What you, you may have read is that it's been an absolute catastrophe in Sweden because 5,000 people have died of the coronavirus. And you may have read that Swedes have been clamoring, clamoring with their government to please impose some stricter measures here. People are dying everywhere. And we, you're just, just trying to protect the economy you sick bastards in charge and of course sweden is i think the new york times calls sweden a cautionary tale for what happens if you don't shut down 
Anyhow, I just wanted to know, like, are Swedish people really upset about how their government has handled things? 5,000 deaths does not seem like a whole lot. Yes, it's a smaller population. Yes, percentage-wise, that's more deaths than have happened in the United States. But, folks, we're still at... I hate... I really... I just... I hate to say this. Yes, we've had more deaths. There has been excess mortality. But... (laughs) It's still within the range of a bad flu season. I hate to say it. And and I also suspect that a lot of excess mortality is not COVID. I know that. So it's been from a lot of other things. Anyhow, point is, the point, Junior, is that Sweden did things differently. And you're not going to hear about them in the news now because what you're going to hear about is all of the new cases and the new deaths in the United States. It seems like things are on the rise again. Meanwhile, in Sweden, um, nobody's dying from the coronavirus, so so they they're not going to write any new articles about Sweden because now we're we're rapidly catching up to them in terms of people dying from COVID. So it's a little bit of a tricky uh, public relations situation at this point, and I guess they're probably just hoping that nobody remembers Sweden um, and we just forget about them completely. Well, that's not going to work if you're a listener of the Painting Pictures podcast because we're going to talk to Ida and she just is going to break it down a little bit about how it's been there, what it's been like. And what's interesting, I think, is that it doesn't sound like it's really been all that different. There's still um, there's still a focus on the idea of a vaccine being the ultimate solution and there's still been restrictions and there's still been a feeling of, uh, of social life changing very drastically. So anyway, it's just good to, good to get, uh, a perspective from somebody actually living there. Ida is a friend that my wife and I met in Bolivia like five years ago when we all happened to coincide at this funny little non-profit NGO organization called Sustainable Bolivia. Funny little is not not a very nice way to describe the organization. It was a great organization. They were hooking people up with local NGOs in Cochabamba, Bolivia. Cochabamba. And getting international volunteers involved with helping children and helping sick people and helping abused uh, women and all sorts of wonderful causes. I don't remember what Ida was involved in when she was there. I was there supposedly making art and my wife was there just to uh, hang out. (laughs) She got involved in some stuff too. Anyway, um, then when the coronavirus happened and I heard about Sweden, I was like, huh, that's interesting. They're not closing everything down. And then I read these articles. I thought, gee, I wonder if Ida would be up for doing the podcast. And she was. We only had an hour to chat, but we're hopefully going to do it again. And I realized that I didn't get into so much. Uh, I wanted to like go through some of these ridiculous articles with her. But I hope that we got just kind of a broad 
whatever. I don't need to keep <laughs> going on this. You're ready. You're ready. You're like, uh-huh, 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 okay. So let's just do it. If you have any questions for me, send an email to GabeRoberts at gmail.com or you can send a piece of snail mail to box 28, Craftsbury, Vermont, 05826. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'll see you on the other side. Ida, you are being recorded. Great. So people are going to probably think I just made you up. So maybe, <laughs> you can, maybe you can say your name and where you're from in the Swedish language, just so people know that you really are Swedish. And speak a bit Swedish? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Ida Kattanen and I'm from Malmö in Södra Sverige. Great. So that means my name is Ida Kettinen, and I'm from Malmö in the south of Sweden. In the south of Sweden. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How's the weather out there? Today it's a bit rainy, actually. We had a couple of sunny weeks in June, but now it's more typical Swedish summer. So Which about is a little cloudy. 20 degrees Celsius. Yeah, a bit cloudy. Yeah. So we've been seeing pictures in the media of of these wild and crazy Swedes just out on the beach, partying yeah. at the bar every night. Looks like a pretty pretty wild scene over there. Yeah, I've seen those pictures too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as I was saying, we had a couple of warm weeks, so. Um, there, yeah, people were going to the beach like crazy, I would say, for those weeks. Yeah. Especially because we're not allowed to travel as we, as the people of the world, are not allowed to travel at the moment. So yeah. all the streets are at home. And uh -huh. when the sun is shining, people go to the beach generally. <laughs> is this typically the time of year that um, Swedes would be traveling to other countries? Uh, yeah, the summer holidays, uh, yeah. It is. So for f approximately whole July, I would say, is yeah. like your typical vac just vacation time yeah. for for many, many Swedes. And that's the time that you spend traveling or going to your cabin or whatever. Yeah. But this year it's a bit different. Obviously. Everybody's just home. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Did you have any plans that you changed because of the COVID? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I was yeah. going to the music festival in Denmark, uh -huh. but yeah, that's not gonna happen. The whole festival is not gonna happen. So, right. 
Yeah. Well, I thought maybe we could go back in time a little bit and maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about how this whole pandemic unfolded. Have you been in Sweden since, let's say, March is kind of when things started? Yeah. Yeah, I've been here the whole year. I haven't left the country. Okay. And what Mm. was the beginning of it like? I was just trying to recall how it was for me. And for me, it was Mm. first, it was it was news reports on the radio about the virus mm-hmm. in China. Yeah. That was kind of my initial uh, cue to it. And then there was talk about the World Health Organization declaring it a b- pandemic or not declaring mm-hmm. it a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then it was pretty much New York City. That was like the, the big oh, event right. that yeah. started things off for us and seeing yeah. news reports of that. Um. And then the initial messaging was, okay, we need to flatten the curve mm-hmm. and we need to all stay home for two weeks and not let our hospitals get overwhelmed with yeah. victims. Yeah. So that was kind of the beginning. And there, there we also got the idea of social distancing to stay six feet apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and things just started shutting down, you know, right away. So yeah. that was, and that was, so that was March. So that's kind of how things started for us. Mm-hmm. How about for yeah. you? Yeah, this, uh, quite similar, but between China and New York, there was, at least for us, the development that happened in uh, Europe. So we all followed Italy and the mm-hmm. developments there, which was quite horrific, really. Uh, I think it, hit everyone with surprise how 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 many cases there were and how it affected the healthcare as you say because a lot of the strategies have been to how to make our healthcare systems not to collapse in all yeah. this um uh, so italy and then spain and we saw iran also was right. really like one of those top countries, which were the horror examples. Right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we kind of followed this spread slowly over Europe and until it hit uh, Sweden, where I, from where I'm looking at it. And yeah, um, yeah at first, the first cases we had were obviously people who had been affected abroad. And so then the strategy was to, um, I'm not sure how to say, but like track down everyone who has been in contact with this person. But then after a while, as the virus started to spread, uh, the strategy more shifted towards now we have a spread within like a domestic spread. Not only is it people coming with the disease to Sweden, but it's spreading within the country borders. So then the strategy of testing slightly shifted towards um, testing people who have symptoms and who come in contact with the uh, healthcare system rather than people coming into the country. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you get tested for the virus? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we, I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. But it was, was there a shortage of tests? Was that an issue? I think probably in the beginning. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I think it, it hit everyone. The, like the magnitude of the, of the or the scale of the spread hit everyone with surprise. I don't think anyone was just stacked up with a layer of uh, tests, not yeah. in any country. So yeah, at the beginning, I would say, and probably still. I mean, it's not like everybody who wants to can go and have a a, a test. Oh really? That's my understanding. I'm not sure. Yeah. Here, I think you have to like have symptoms or have had symptoms. You cannot just go because you want to know or feel like it or so. Right. Um, so what was the what was the messaging in the in those early stages around mm-hmm. uh, how much of a threat the virus was to general public health? Did you have a feeling that? Um, that you you know everybody was was in danger of disease and then what were some of the the things that you or people in general could do or should do maybe to help Mm -hmm. protect the public health or limit the spread or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so well, the, the the usual things, the wash your hands for 20 seconds and keep distance to people. Obviously, that's what we were told from the beginning. Okay. And um, when this all started, or really since March something, uh, the government has had press conferences every day at 2 o'clock. So really the new developments have been rolled out uh, to the public on a daily basis. So... Uh-huh. It's difficult to remember when every like single yeah. new recommendation came, but from the beginning, yeah, wash your hands, keep distance, and then quite rapidly after that, everybody who can should work from home. Okay. Don't visit your like uh, elderly relatives indoors. Yes. It's not safe to hug grandchildren, and then restaurants got there. Um, like restrictions of, of, you know, you're not allowed to be in crowds, really. You're okay. not allowed to have people. Uh, first, it was 500. So you're not allowed to have crowds bigger than 500, which is actually quite big still. Sure. But so I that would be like concerts yeah. and sporting events. Exactly. So that the rationale behind that was really that these are the kinds of events that people travel to Sweden for uh, or travel yeah. within Sweden for. But then after a while, they changed that to 50, which is yeah. uh, less. And yeah, the, the schools have been open, at least preschools and primary schools. So that's yeah. a, a big difference uh, in Sweden. Yeah, you mentioned, I think it's interesting, you mentioned visiting your elderly relatives yeah. inside or outside and not inside. Yeah. yeah. That's something I think we've heard a little bit, but did that mean that you could go, if you had a grandma in a care home, that you could go and see her and meet outside under a tree and, and visit? or? Uh, yeah. Mm. I'm not really sure about how the um, care homes yeah. have done it, but I know that those are the areas where the, there is most critique, really, against how how it has been handled in Sweden and in yeah. many other countries. Maybe because yeah. there there's a failure, I would say. But there are there are some restrictions in place. I know that I'm not 100% up to date. That's okay. Somehow. 
how they do. But yeah, because so my parents did... are living in their home. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Did you um, did you have a feeling that um, like when when there was talk of of stay, you know staying six, staying apart from mm-hmm. your friends, um, so like if a bar or restaurant was open you were saying they were trying to limit things a little bit to less than 50 so were they just kind of keeping the tables a little further apart or only letting in a few people at a time or what kind of things were they doing yeah so there are different different things not more than 50 people obviously regardless of how big the establishment is and there has to be a thing if it's three feet apart uh, for between the tables and you're not allowed to stand up and have a drink at any point. You're not allowed to stand at the bar. You have to sit down, have your meal and drink your drink. And yeah, uh, yeah, you cannot sit like in big companies. You can, if you arrive to the restaurant within a company and you know these people, you can sit at the table. If there is a table that is big enough to fit a big company, but you cannot like go grab a share and sit wherever yeah Yeah. is that still the case today are those things still in place yeah yeah and there are uh, from the municipalities there are like um, people walking around and controlling taking notes and seeing what restaurant is following and what restaurant is not and if if a restaurant or bar is not following these guidelines or restrictions they will be shut down and that has also been the case wow yeah has it been difficult, like, with your friends or family? Do you have a feeling of, like, hugging people that you used to hug and now you don't hug people? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah do. me too. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a feeling, do, do you have a feeling that some people, like, maybe are, are more passionate about staying apart and some people don't care at all yeah of course there there, there's it's a mixed um mixed bag yeah (laughs) Uh, i don't think it's i mean when when i follow what's happening in the u.s it's quite also political where you where you stand politically it's how you approach the idea of the pandemic really is my understanding of it so but I don't see that in Sweden at the same rate. So regardless of where you stand politically, you will see the pandemic as something uh, serious or dangerous that we have to really be cautious with. Um, So that's not where the, um, where the clash is really. Mm -hmm. But, and when when the whole thing started, Really, um, there was there was not a big political debate on how should we approach this. Mm. It, it was, a, I think it's fair to say, there was a consensus on listening to the public health agency and letting them be the guiding voice. So there, it took a couple of months really before any of the opposition parties started to like try to uh, create mm. a political conflict or try to. Uh, create some debate around it but it, it yeah it took a while before that really caught on or or so mm-hmm. and now 
there has um, now I think the climate is more mature for mm -hmm. those kinds of uh, critiques. And now there has been emerging a debate on could this have been handled in a different way. Mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, <laughs> we no country has never done this before. So yeah, you could probably have done it in so many different ways yeah. because we had very, we knew very little when it started and we have learned since. Um, yeah. As, as every country really. Um, yeah, yeah, so now, now there's going to be a, a commission, a Corona commission that's mm -hmm. going to look at how how was it handled, how does the Swedish, how well prepared is the Swedish system to, uh, yeah, take on a crisis like this. Really. Sure. And then, what about just personally with with friends and stuff? Do you have a yeah. sense of that soon or at a certain point it's going to be okay to hug mm -hmm. each other again? Mm -hmm. Um. Um, no, not really, because I think it's, um, at least my understanding is, before this is over, we, we first have to find the vaccine, uh -huh. uh, which is tested, and uh, yeah, that works. Let's say that could take one or two years. After uh -huh. that, it has to be manufactured and distributed across the whole world, first to the rich countries, and then to everybody. That's, that's the way it's going to roll out. And... So, no, <laughs> I don't think right. this is going to be over anytime soon. Right. Yeah. So, the, the, also the, mm, the, or the guidelines from the health, public health agency, at first they were uh, more like stay inside, don't travel if you don't have to, don't do this, don't do that. But now yeah. it's more like, how can we find a sustainable approach to this? Because this is going to go on. And if we have too strict of guidelines, then people will not just follow them. So we right. have to find some kind of middle ground. What can be feasible to live with and still like uh, do every day and still uphold. So there's right. that balance. Yes. But yeah, no, no. Uh, this spring I thought this summer it will be over when the summer started I thought well this autumn I will go back to work as normal but yeah. now now I'm just like no it's not it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen in a year at least <laughs> no no end in sight yeah no do you know people that uh so you talk about let's talk about a little bit about that idea of the opposition and I was reading these yeah. interesting articles um that yeah. it's that seemed to portray um the opposition as uh let's see as questioning the government's response and generally i guess the opposition in sweden mm -hmm. is saying that things should have been stricter is that kind of the complaint or more uh, more measures taken for slowing the virus. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not many voices in the debate saying that it should have been stricter. That's not really my my. Um, there are, of course. I mean, we have. Are you thinking about the Guardian article? 
Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're they are citing one um, like the far right uh, <clears throat> party, Sweden with Nazi roots. So they yeah. are opposed everything really everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> that we are doing but um yeah no the the, the critique from the the rest of the opposition um yeah. it's not it's not that no it's not they, they don't say we should have also been in lockdown we should have stayed at home no but there there is some critique towards it how it had been has mm-hmm. it handled <laughs> mm-hmm. has been handled yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, but rather, yeah. more should have been done earlier. We should have understood earlier, uh-huh. uh, more testing earlier. Right. Yeah. And then, what about um, what about people in that you know or in mm-hmm. the political discussion? That mm-hmm. is there anybody that says the opposite? That says this is not as threatening as people make it out to be. And mm-hmm. maybe it's time to just open everything back up and, uh, you know, a vaccine is mm-hmm. not going to be very effective. Mm-hmm. Is there much of that sort of um, sentiment? Uh, no, I haven't heard that at all huh. in, in the Swedish context. Yeah. I haven't. But of, of course, there's, there's um, a small portion of like anti-vax uh, people here as well but they are not really loud in the debate they're not even in the debate i would say in the public um, like yeah yeah. interesting that is definitely the seems to be the dichotomy here um yeah although there is some there is some middle ground um it's just hard to hard to find it sometimes Um, yeah it seems to be either uh, either listen and follow instructions or mm. don't listen. It seems to be people that trust the government and the health agency and people that do not. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be the biggest problem. And I think there are a lot of people that are very upset that people don't trust the health agencies and then I think there are a lot of reasons I personally don't trust the health agencies because I see a big conflict of interest in that they seem to be looking out for the interests of pharmaceutical companies more yeah. than actual people. Mm. Um, and the messaging, my impression is that the messaging is mostly to create fear. That seems to mm. be the biggest uh, Mm-hmm. And it it seems to be they when one fear or threat starts to diminish, then there's a new storyline, a new interpretation to um, to maintain that fear. Um, do you have a sense of like you personally? Sounds like have you felt much fear about this virus or about your family or? Um, Mm-hmm. Has it felt like a like a frightening or scary experience? Yeah, I mean, yeah, at, at times, of course, but at the at the same time, I I live in a part of the country where we haven't 
I mean, it, it started really in Stockholm for us. And uh -huh. there we had the large spread. So it, that was really the, the critical area of the country not to be in, in trouble too, as long as you didn't yeah. do that. It yeah. was quite safe. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting to hear what you're saying because that's also the idea that I that I get when I uh, like follow what the development in the US yeah. in the news. And so we don't really have the same debate here in Sweden. So Swedes have traditionally had a really high level of um, trust in governments. Mm -hmm. um, in contrast to in the U.S., for instance, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> where, I mean, the U.S. is more an idea of, um, like, this free, idea of freedom and to be skeptical towards the, the government and, and, and this. Yes. Uh, that doesn't really exist in Sweden in the same way. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we still see very high levels of trust towards the public health agency, for instance. And there is, there is not really an, even though if it's declining slightly uh, yeah. now, when, when the debate is more open for critique, but still very high levels of trust. Um, what else? Yeah. No, yeah. The, and and the, as I said, the opposition is not, is Corona a thing or not? It, it's, or the debate, it's, it's really more how should we handle it. This is mm -hmm. a, um, a situation we should take seriously, but how should we approach it? So that's mm -hmm. the political conflict, rather. Um, so there is not, or I don't know, but I, I don't have the um, understanding that there is really someone trying to um, uh, like make people afraid. That's not um, a driving force, I think, for anyone in this. That's at least my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the what is the news picture like? You mentioned that there's a press conference. Are they still doing those daily conferences? Yeah, every day, uh -huh. two o'clock. They tell us the latest developments, how uh -huh. many have died, how many are in intensive care. Uh -huh. um, so because how many people are in intensive care is one, one of the... Um, like uh, statistics that is measured to monitor and and yeah and I'm losing the word but yeah yeah the severity or how bad yeah, yeah exactly so so that they tell us that every day and uh, if there are new um, new guidelines and new restrictions or new like uh, packages from the government to businesses or yeah whatnot. Yes, that's something I wanted to talk about. I think yeah. one of the big issues here is that businesses were forced to close and mm. um, now have been gradually allowed to reopen, but with restrictions. Um, mm. I think restaurants, I don't think it's a, a straight number of people. I think it's a percentage of capacity. Um mm. I think it's maybe 50%. Maybe it was 25% at one point. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, that's when when you do open again, you mm -hmm. can only have half of your capacity. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. um, so one of the big issues here has been a large number of people that were suddenly just put out of work. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a huge number and still is a huge number of people that went on unemployment, which is where you get mm-hmm. weekly benefit checks from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and the a lot of the complaint has been from people and small businesses that um, did not receive their unemployment benefits mm. quickly and okay. then also that um, are suffering such a loss this year as to not be able to open at all for example if they have to they have to close well they still have to pay rent mm. or they still have to pay all these fees and they just don't have any money coming in anymore. Mm. Um, have you, um, do you know of small businesses or people whose jobs are in jeopardy or in trouble from from the coronavirus? Mm. Mm. I know, mm, personally, I don't really know anyone who has really lost their job but I know quite a few who have been laid off Mm -hmm. uh, because there were like one of these packages from the government was that you could lay off your um, staff and just have them work like 50% or 40% but then they would still get a salary as if they were working like 80% I think Okay. so if you had trouble uh, financially you could do this as a measure to keep the employment rate not like uh, unemployment rates go too high but yeah. and yeah help businesses so that has been done quite extensively i think every fourth like 25 percent of the sweeps will have been laid off in december or but that, yeah, it doesn't really mean that you lose your job. You just lose part of your income and uh-huh. a whole, whole lot of your work. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then you'll have your job again when the, yeah. Yeah. When society starts opening up and rolling again. Right. Yeah. How about like, um, for, I think that one of the hardest, uh, hardest hit areas around here, at least, is... Mm-hmm like tourism. So yeah. a lot of um, industries and small businesses, like for example, people usually come to Vermont in the summer for whatever reason, often there's a lot of weddings and yeah. uh, that's a really big industry and all that's being canceled. Um, mm. And of course the bars and the restaurants, um, mm. that seems to be the biggest, uh, the, the hardest hit industry mm. has that been has that been the case in sweden as well mm. yeah i think i think every like every every part or aspect of society has its own struggles but yeah definitely like e- events or uh the cultural sector every like concerts everything that requires people coming together <laughs> that's not yeah. really a thing anymore so that that yeah well i gotta to- say i'm I it's really nice to talk to you. I had um I had slightly the impression so my experience personally has mm-hmm. been 
of uh, seeing this whole event as a way to um, assert more control over the population through mm -hmm. things like like telling you when you can work and when you cannot work. And mm -hmm. like you say, this I'm like sort of this typical American that is upset if he's losing <laughs> his freedoms. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess we've heard about Sweden and how they haven't shut down as much. And, yeah. uh, and so for me, that's an example of how you can go through this without mm -hmm. doing the extreme things like closing schools. Um, but I guess I, I got to say I'm a little bit relieved or it's nice mm -hmm. to hear that in many ways it's a similar experience, that you still are experiencing a big change and yeah. that a lot That's of businesses have had to lay people off. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it sounds like perhaps people feel more supported through it. They feel like the government is going to help them and that yeah. they won't suffer unnecessarily because of the virus. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, it's nice to hear. Yeah, I think because we haven't had those massive lockdowns as in many yeah. uh, countries. So I think in Sweden, the, the perception of, of this crisis is a bit different. It's not, I don't think it will be remembered as a big of a trauma, maybe. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even if it is a very serious situation, uh, of course. But as we are not, we're not living through it in our homes. We we're not like restricted to just being at home. It's not the same. I don't think it's quite the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes I think that makes a big difference. Especially for children and and like preschool children because they keep going uh, to their schools. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit, because here in the United yeah. States, they are looking at the fall is when people will start in school again in September. So I heard. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ideas about how that should go. Yeah. And there, I think, have been in in New York and in California, in certain places, they have already come out and said that schools are not going to open and that children are going to be doing mm -hmm. they call it distance learning yeah where the even the little kids are like i have a friend who has a eight-year-old daughter and um he is a farmer and so right. <clears throat> he was not allowed to or he his work was deemed essential during mm -hmm. the shutdown Mm -hmm. So he didn't have the option to just stay home and collect unemployment. Yeah. Um, so he had to keep working. So then, our, of course, the child care centers uh, and the schools all closed, yeah. except okay. for a few child care centers that specially mm -hmm. were allowed to operate to take care of the children of these essential workers. Okay, yeah. Like nurses or farmers or whatever. So the example he gave is he had some, he has like three kids and some of them were younger in the childcare, but then his eight-year-old daughter was at the same childcare place because there's only one in this small area. 
-hmm. and she was supposed to have her computer and be doing schoolwork Mm. without a teacher just Mm. online for the entire day yeah Um, so they're talking about that still being in place um in the fall Mm. and then they have also talked about the idea of requiring students children to wear masks and Mm. to stay the six feet apart yeah Uh, and the idea is that the children could be carrying the virus and potentially pass it to each other and then potentially pass it to their grandma who would get sick Um, yeah what's the idea like is that is that not seen as a risk um in sweden that children will pass the virus or yeah i'm so there there are so many different uh, um aspects of of uh, of really how society is organized, I think, in Sweden mm. and in the U.S. Because in Sweden, there are really, really few households where you live like three generations households. You don't have that in Sweden mm-hmm. to a large extent. Sweden, on the contrary, has the most, I think in Stockholm is the city that has the most single households mm-hmm. in the whole world. So our our lifestyle is quite socially distancing already. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and yeah, of course, it's a, it's also a debate. Could the children spread the viruses? But yeah, I think the reasoning here, or the <clears throat> here, the public health agency has looked at it as children not being so important in spreading the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that has really been the rationale for why to keep the schools open and but not only because there's also the argument of if children offers to be at home uh, the domestic violence will increase and violence against women will increase also during lockdown so that is also one of the arguments to why should we keep the schools going um, yes yeah yeah that makes sense to yeah. me. The um, and so let's talk about that idea of the the idea of why, for example, children could spread the virus. Yeah, children do not are not by all accounts are not affected. They don't get sick from, or they don't get very sick from the coronavirus. Yeah. They generally handle it very well. Um, but the idea is that right you could be an asymptomatic carrier right you could um and then recently the who made a statement i don't know if you remember this that the data is showing that asymptomatic carriers do not spread the virus okay Um, that it's um very rare yeah uh, based on based on data you know from countries that have been tracking people that have the virus um and so now the message because to me that's the that's sort of the the most important thing about this virus if if you can spread the virus when you don't know it if you feel fine 
then I can understand the rules of mm. everybody has to always stay distant and should always wear a mask, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But if you can't spread the virus when you are well, then it seems to me it's silly to make everybody uh, act as if they they are spreading the virus. Yeah. Um, what's your impression of that with this virus and how it maybe is different from other viruses or can people spread it without mm -hmm. knowing it? Yeah, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I don't think yeah. anybody really knows. No, but the, the, no, sh for sure. But the, at least here, the guidelines have been at least if you have any symptoms, you stay at home. So yeah. you stay home from work or school or whatever. And if you're a risk group, then you should like stay at home regardless and, and keep yeah. a distance um, towards other people. So, mm. But we don't don't really see many people wearing masks, for instance, here in Sweden. So that has not been a part of the, the guidelines, um, really. Yeah, which, yeah, as you're saying, if we if we know that people who don't have symptoms do not spread the virus, then yeah, no, that that doesn't really make sense then to right. to act as if they did. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, that's interesting about the masks because that is a huge divisive thing mm -hmm. here. You have the mm -hmm. people that want to you know think they people really think that wearing a mask all the time in public is is the right thing to do mm. and mm. that if you don't wear a mask in public you are jeopardizing the health okay. of everybody else yeah. and as far as i know there haven't been very clear studies there are some studies that show um that wearing a mask sort of in a hospital will have some benefit in protecting you from viruses. Mm -hmm. um, but in that case, it should it seems that it should be a personal choice if mm -hmm. you wish to add that layer, layer of protection. Yeah. Uh, but the the argument has become that uh, it the mask is more important because it prevents you without knowing you may mm. have the virus prevents you from spreading the virus yeah. um, and for me that's where i've tried to really put my foot down and say, mm. yeah doesn't make sense because um i guess i feel like if that if that is the case then when will there not be such a risk of a virus that you don't know you have that you could be spreading i guess that's mm. been my feeling from the very beginning is like when does this end mm. and um having some desire to see a mm. goal like when we get here you mm. know we can stop wearing masks or whatever and right now that mm. seems to only be the vaccine yeah which just seems like a really long, long time. It is. It is. It really is. But the, do you wear a mask when you go out then? Only when somebody asks me to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
there is it's very interesting in our little town there are two stores mm. and the difference between the two stores can be explained by the type of beer that they sell mm-hmm. so in the one store <laughs> across the street they sell mostly bud light mm-hmm. and then in the other store they sell mostly like expensive local craft beer yeah <laughs> and the store that sells bud light as soon as the government said it was okay to open your doors yeah. they have opened their doors they have a sign on the door that requests that you wear a mask, but okay. nobody does. Yeah. And um, <laughs> then <clears throat> the other store is still closed. Mm-hmm. They are just, okay. they have a window where they are taking orders. So you can, and you can call and pl- t- place an order and they'll put your groceries yeah. on the porch. Um, but everybody that goes there wears a mask mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. So it's this oh. very stark sort of cultural definitely divide. Um, and I yeah, so personally I did wear a mask in the beginning. Mm. Um, but it seems to me that it doesn't it it sort of seems silly at this point. Um, mm. and also I just like I I don't like wearing it. My glasses get fogged up. Um, and I don't like I miss my friends. I want to be able to see their faces. Yeah. So that's where I'm yeah. at with the, with the, the mask thing. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But also in the U.S., isn't it like a, like a political symbol as well? It shows where you stand. It does. Yeah. It seems to. Yeah, it's not, it's not in the same way here, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> We, um, as we are not, we're not required to wear masks or it's not even the, the guideline to do so uh, rather because also that it's it can give you like a, a false sense of security mm. if you think that if i wear a mask then I, i will i will be secure i can do whatever right instead they're saying don't go out at all if you feel any symptoms right. and rather wearing a mask and not knowing how to and maybe mm. you still put your hands to your face because you want to correct the mask or yes. things like that can also be a risk um yeah i, I think the, the whole mask thing is a maybe a way for us to make something that is a bit too complex to grasp to something very simple and simple. something that you can hold in your hand and it's a, it's a binary question of do you protect yourself or not right but but it's not really that kind of an issue at all we're dealing with yeah oh, that's interesting yeah that would be a relief it does seem to be um like you say it simplifies it and it makes mm-hmm. it as you say binary that's a very good explanation yeah. and we seem to that seems to be what people are focusing on and of course with yeah. with science it's so tangible right and it seems that with science there can be studies showing proving one thing mm. and then another study that proves the other thing mm. and um and that's the feeling is that our agencies are simply choosing the studies they want to and ignoring the other studies and if you point out 
some of the other studies, then you're told that you are not listening to science. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that has that has definitely been it's been a challenge for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I rarely see anyone wearing a mask when I go out. Yeah. I don't see any signs either that says you have to wear a mask nowhere. Yeah. And never was that, that, that never was, uh, the case. Was there ever, uh, lots of signs about masks or. No, it's Sweden. No, no, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they had different, maybe they did it differently in Stockholm. I don't know, but, um, yeah. I don't think so because there have been many questions from journalists, of course, what about the mask? Why are we not required to wear masks? Um, uh -huh. then the answer is it's it's a too simple of a solution to this yeah. crisis so the focus has to be on other things instead yeah. yeah so what about now what are the reports the like a daily do you do you watch mm -hmm. the the news conferences anymore and no what are they? not, yeah. not <laughs> um no it was a while ago actually since i did that in the beginning i did every day but yeah. now now it's just not that much news so here you may have heard that we are having record numbers of new cases yeah yeah which coincidentally we are also issuing record numbers of new tests yeah but the focus is on these new cases um and so the the drumbeat is that we are in the middle of another catastrophe mm. and at hospitals certain hospitals in texas and florida mm -hmm. are again at capacity um what's the general state of affairs in sweden do you feel like things are have gotten better i think better is a strong word maybe but it's stable uh -huh. so that would be my understanding of it so the okay. curve has been flattened in that uh -huh. sense so the healthcare system has not crashed and uh -huh. the number of deaths is on a stable level so it's not increasing um, right. yeah that's good that's where we are at but we are also i mean sweden is like 10 million people so we are like it, it's it's very difficult to to um draw parallels between our countries because they're so yes. incredibly different in so many ways. But yeah. yeah, it's such an interesting time on the planet because sure is. we're all dealing supposedly with this exact same virus. And yeah, it's very strange because like you say, they're so different and and Vermont is so different than New York. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so to try to find a system, I think that's when I think about the United States and I think that the idea that there is one, even that there's one, one president for the entire country, um, one set of rules, um, I don't, just don't know that it really makes a whole lot of sense. I feel like it's just mm. too big. Mm. 
to really uh, to really function. And you'll always have people that feel like they are not being represented. Yeah. Uh, because of their where they live or uh, what their life experience is like. Yeah. But generally, how how do you think about this time on the planet? Do you feel like this is a, I guess people often say that this is the most important time in the history of the planet. And then some people will say, no, there's always some big event. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think we will look back at at this coronavirus pandemic, do you think we'll see it as a as a th- time when a lot of things changed, or do you think that it will sort of fade away as just another another small event? Mm. I think. Well, it depends. Also, that depends so very much on on your the context that you're in. Yeah, I mean. I- I'm experiencing this coronavirus time from a very privileged position, sitting in Sweden, not being sick, not uh-huh. having my job still. I mean, so, but I, I, I think in many parts of the world, this will be something that leaves a mark for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sets back a lot of the advancements that have been done Mm. yeah Yeah. there are definitely some some negative effects on particularly the like you say people that are not privileged that are dealing with the effects of hunger and um losing their losing their jobs and all of that stuff and family members i mean yeah. yeah Do you know anybody that um, that has lost somebody during this time? No, I don't. I don't. Has... I I hardly know anyone who has been tested positive who know who knows that they have had COVID nineteen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Same here. It seems like it's mostly been mostly been old old people in. Yeah, in in mm-hmm. long-term care homes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think more than 50% if I'm right. More than yeah, more than half of the deaths in Sweden have been in care homes. Yeah. Which is well, tragic. It is. Especially if I don't know if that's the case there, but here people that have been dying of COVID have been dying in isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to a large extent. Which is particularly a uh, tragic uh, way to go definitely well we're almost at the time time limit here what yeah. are you um you mentioned before we started that you're you're on vacation right now yeah <laughs> so what have you I been know. what have you been doing to entertain yourself on vacation um, well i have an uh, an allotment garden where i go and grow oh. veggies so that's something that I can still do. It yep. doesn't require like 50 people or more uh-huh. <laughs> to be indoors so that I can do. Um, but yeah, small road trips and uh, meeting friends in small groups. <laughs> yeah. That, that's about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy it. I'm glad that you have a break in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very nice to see you. Yeah, you too. I and love to talk you. more about it with you. It Good. I, I would like that too. I think that as time goes on, it will we'll have more clarity about what things were helpful, you know, and how yeah. how the responses were. But um, thanks for giving a perspective from somebody actually living in Sweden. We I've been reading a lot of articles yeah. that claim to say how Swedish people feel. And I it's nice to know how an actual Swedish person yeah. <laughs> feels. And I really appreciate um, your perspective. And it's helpful for me to know that there is a way that uh, we can face something like this together, um, and I think that would be uh, that would be the ideal, and hopefully in the right way and with the correct strategy. Um, but it's nice to hear about a place where you feel like you are uh, uh, you're on the same page with your colleagues more or less, and that. You aren't fighting amongst each other about yeah. how to do things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, of course, there's some critique as well. And yeah. definitely from uh, other countries, Sweden is a very critiqued um, or has a very critiqued strategy. But yeah, no, within Sweden, it's, it's not super divisive, I'd say. Yeah. Has that... Have you felt that from neighboring countries like Denmark or or Holland or pl other places nearby that, uh, yeah, that have critiqued Sweden? And I've I've heard something about that about mm -hmm. Swedish people not being able to travel to other yeah. countries or something like that. Yep, that's true. So uh, when countries start opening opening up in Europe, they they have like list of countries who are allowed to uh -huh. enter <laughs> or the uh -huh. citizens of these countries and Sweden is just not making that list <laughs> I don't think that the United States is either no no <laughs> <You're not. laughs> could we w could we visit Sweden no I don't think you're allowed in the EU at all okay uh, for the moment right yeah. well <laughs> I'm maybe sorry. next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe next. I am sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ida. Thank you very much. I'll send you a link to this conversation yeah. when it's online. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, a oh, great pleasure. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, will do. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Bye, Bye Ida. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Thank you, Ida. That was fantastic. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that gave you a little glimpse into Sweden and the very different experience of this pandemic. I got to say, I was really surprised to hear Ida talk about the vaccine as in the same manner of fact way that a lot of people do here as if it's a it's a given we're going to find one and it's going to be the it's needed it's necessary it's the thing that will allow us to get through this i think that i've heard some arguments where if you look at sweden and the idea that the 
population was sort of allowed to mingle and the virus was sort of allowed to spread, albeit under control as much as possible. You could make the argument that that population doesn't need a vaccine because it's it's circulated already so widely. And, and that's a very interesting argument to me. Um, so anyway, maybe we'll get into that again. Ida sounds like she's up for chatting again, which would be awesome. This thing is obviously not going to end. This story is not going to be over. And I think going forward, um, you know, keeping in touch with with Sweden is cool because, again, the pain in the ass that we have put ourselves through as a society is just, it's unbelievable. The, the amount of effort and work, and particularly people in education and public services that have been forced to find ways to adapt to these crazy protocols of everybody being distanced and not touching and wearing masks and all this stuff. It's like, we got to see a payoff, right? There's got to be a payoff for that. So um, Sweden allows us to look at, well, what if we didn't do all that? Would it really be much different? Otherwise, I thought it was interesting to, to hear that uh, things still are pretty different in Sweden. It's not like a big old party over there. And it's just amazing to see how this is truly a, a global experience. How, for whatever reason, the entire world seemingly got on board and you may you know we may have this idea that sweden is like some rogue or something like that but in essence their public health response is sort of similar it's the same concept that this is a very dangerous very contagious virus that needs to be contained so that sort of makes me think then about my response to this which has obviously been as as Ida characterized it, the sort of typical American clamoring about freedoms and being worried about losing their freedom, which is so funny that that is just not, <laughs> it's just not a thing in Sweden. And so I, it makes me wonder like, okay, where do I get that? Is that from some, is that from some... What, yeah, where does that come from? Is that is that some kind of programming that I've gotten? You know, to be this sort of uh, paranoid American, or like, is it is it a selfish sort of a thing? But then I think that I've been exposed to so many lies by our sort of the authorities and the experts that I'm naturally cynical. And the whole 9-11 thing is just such a perfect example of something that wasn't really a, it wasn't exactly what we were told, right? And then there was this, suddenly the Patriot Act was ready to go into effect the next day, had been drafted up well ahead of the event. Of course, that's all about 
surveillance on and limiting freedoms and travel restrictions and and all these things so it's kind of hard i don't know like how much of that stuff has gone on in sweden and my sense is that the public generally doesn't have that suspicion towards the motives of their government and the question is is that because their government is actually just sort of looking out for them as ours is it that's like the ideal scenario right that your your public health agencies and your government is really just doing their best and i think by and large the people in those agencies are but as we've talked about it's it's a question of bureaucracy and it's a question of power and profit and conflict of interest that leads these these ruling bodies astray and make citizens be like fuck you <laughs> why would i listen to you you're obviously just trying to protect your bottom line and you don't care about me so it made me think if i were in sweden would i be freaking out like they're still talking about a vaccine and i'm as you all know i'm not interested in taking a vaccine for this virus i don't think it makes sense i don't think it's going to be effective i don't think it's the type of thing that uh you can vaccinate against and i don't think it's the type of thing that merits vaccination i think it's a it's a thing that that cycles through that's part of our evolution and um i I just think a vaccine is going to lead to more problems so would I be freaking out in Sweden? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Would I just be... Maybe I would not be doing this podcast at all. Maybe I wouldn't give a shit. Maybe I'd just be like, things are good. I'm taken care of. I'm going to just bake bread and paint. And I guess that'd be, that'd be nice. But anyway, here I am. And this is... This is my perspective, and like it or not, I'm uh, I'm super keenly tuned into it, and it's not it's not going away. It's not giving me. It's not like, and of course, you can argue that one's where you place one's attention creates activity, or you get a response. But it's not like my fears are being are not being <laughs> confirmed. I mean, just yesterday in Vermont, I'm listening to a press conference with our governor who shockingly has not mandated everybody wear masks nobody has died from or with covid in vermont in a month and yet people are clamoring to our governor please please force everybody to wear masks we need the masks interestingly that was never a thing in Sweden that was understood to be problematic and give people a false sense of security and not really be all that effective. But here we've we've equated it 100% hook, line, and sinker. Masks, good, right thing to do. No masks, bad. Anyway, people are just giving our governor a lot of shit for not mandating masks. And... I hear that, and I'm just like, oh my god, here we go, here we go, <laughs> it's gonna, I mean, it's coming, how far is this gonna go, how far is this gonna go, 
Well, we'll find out, won't we? Just uh, just keep our keep our eyes open, and we'll watch this thing unfold. And I'm gonna try to just uh, be in observation mode a little bit. I'll keep doing this. I'll keep talking to people, but I'm gonna try to um, try to stay calm about myself and my body, and try to know that I'm gonna be okay. My family's gonna be okay, and we're just gonna do our best. And eventually, I think people are going to figure this thing out. We're going to figure this virus out, folks. We're going to figure out just how dangerous it is. We're going to figure out what are the things we need to do to protect ourselves. Right? I think we can do that. I, I think we can do that, Charlie. I have, I have great confidence. Supreme, supreme pizza confidence. Well... I don't know what else to say in the moment. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your attention. If you like the podcast, please share it with a friend. And subscribe, rate and review, etc. I'll throw up a couple links to the uh, hilarious articles about Sweden on the show notes for this podcast. And you can find those at GabeRobertsArt.com. Questions? Send an email to GabeRoberts at gmail.com or ask your dad. All right, folks. Thank you, Ida, so much for joining the podcast. I hope we'll do it again soon. And I look forward to hearing how the public health catastrophe continues to unfold in Sweden. I cannot believe that you guys didn't close your schools. It's just uh, obviously the it's going to create a huge problem and we just haven't seen it yet the fact that infections are down to almost zero and nobody's dying that's just a that's just a blip on the radar that's that's it's about things are really about to hit the fan over there in sweden because they left their bars open and those crazy swedes have been swimming on the beach and getting sunshine i mean that can only lead to bad things. So, Ida, I hope you'll come back and tell us about the disaster. And maybe we can give you some tips on how to um, force everybody to wear masks and close their businesses. We'll help you out. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining. And until next time, adios.